I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello and welcome back to the Predator Podcast. Here with me once again, Emmy, and joined by a cavalcade, a cavalry and copium. Many faces. Around me, the first Jack Hello. Fresh. You might recognise him from usually over on the other side of me, on the desk, on the far other side of the room, um, and in the studio. And out of the studio, we have our two wonderful observers. Um, still questioning whether medics is real or an AI loaded into the system. And then easy medics and easy. Hello. Hello. I like how you're also leaning into your mic at home, medics. Sorry. What? <laughs> <laughs> my mic. Look at my mic. You don't have to. You can't advertise stuff that's already going to get bleeped out. We're here today. <laughs> we're doing a wonderful interview because you two are the observers for EUL and for APEC North. That is correct. Yeah. Y- yeah. You do other things as well. Yeah. Replay operating, production, stuff like that. Yeah. I think mainly... We dropped by on major events. Yeah, well. majors is kind of what I was alluding to there. Oh, yeah. The exciting... It's it's all one blur throughout the year. If you got... Yeah, but like the exciting stuff. The exciting stuff. Like... Name some major majors. Major grand finals. Major grand finals. Which ones have you worked? Um, every single one for the past two years. <laughs> <laughs> and that's what we want to talk about today. Now, they might be a little bit shy and a little bit behind the camera in a room of cameras. This probably isn't the best environment for you. But at the same time, it's worth shining a light on people who have had a lot more of an impact on the highlights that people have watched at home than we ever could. Yeah. Um, between the pair of you, the Liquipedia speaks for itself. However, you have been the names behind pretty much every single Grand Major Final, Grand Game, for the past four or five years between it. You obviously sort of, we were talking about your first slide, which was in Paris. Yes. Yeah. Not as long ago. And we'll get to maybe the topic of where it might be a little bit later. Ante, you've worked SIs before? Uh, yes, the SI 2020 in Montreal was my first one. Your very first one. What do you remember most about that? Uh, the packed arena, definitely. It left a really good impression on me having couple of thousands of people just, you know, screaming, rumbling, yelling. Uh, and it was actually right before the whole COVID stuff started. And uh, it, it was just impressive to see so many people in one place watching and cheering for esports. I guess the easiest way to sort of put a bit of a perspective on this would be to ask you both. We'll start with you, Stefan. What made you want to get into observing? Um, I always liked the analytical Wow, I always like right. the uh, analytical part of the game. Uh, of the game, I used to be a player in the Benelux. Uh, my team disbanded, but I still wanted to be involved. Um, and I got the opportunity to observe, and I was like, "Sure, whatever, I'll, I'll, give, it, I'll give it a go." <laughs> so you were really eager. You were. I was, yeah. You're excited with the. Well, prospect. I think the eagerness came when I first did it because yeah. I found out it was really fun to do, and you can you can 
look at what you want to see, right? And apparently throughout the years, I figured out that what I want to see is also what the viewers want to see most of the time, unless I miss stuff. But <laughs> um, yeah, so I've just, the, I didn't have the connection with observing from the start, but once I started doing it, it felt amazing and really fun. So I uh, pursued the dream of becoming their one of sitting here. I'm sitting here with you. Sitting here on this wonderful table with the mirror window with Jack. That's not the dream. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> with medics in a small box. Imagine if that was just a window and like just really sitting there. Just stood behind me. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to get in, but I can't find the doors. <laughs> and what was your, how did you fall into this? Uh, well, yeah, the first thing was like, I really liked the game. I, I guess I'm a competitive person. I want to play it competitively. And then, you know, like balancing uh, university job, uh, screaming. And accepting the fact that I'm pretty bad at the game, I decided like, hey, maybe I could like, you know, try organizing tournaments, maybe even casting tournaments. That's how I started, actually. And then uh, there was an opportunity like, hey, do you want to like give it a shot with only observing? And I was like, yeah, OK, let's let's give it a try. Why not? And uh, it turned out quite well. And I started to like it and just kept kind of pushing the observing in Siege rather than anything else in Siege. Do you both find it a bit strange that people want to learn about this stuff, that it's something that they want to interview you about or, or talk to you about or find out your processes? Um, yeah, because in, in some way we're, we're part of the talent team, as in we, we travel with the game and we our only game so far is Rainbow Six. Um, but we're also just like production and no one knows, no one wants to know really what happens there as long as it's a nice product, right? As long as what we see at home or what we see in the, in the, in the venue looks good, we don't complain and everything is fine. So yeah, it's, it's a bit, it's a bit weird, but also I like talking about it. So yeah. This is the perfect place to talk about. Yeah. Let's go through, I know what your day is like, and I know that this question is going to stress both of you out, yeah. but if you would be so kind as for the viewers and audience at home. Between the pair of you, if you could break down what a, an average day is like for you two at a major. Starts off, you wake up. Yeah, way too okay, early. Do, do we talk about morning? group stages or the playoffs? What, what, what would you rather? There's a vast difference. What would you rather talk about? <laughs> Play, playoffs, <laughs> probably. <laughs> it's we'll, also, do, we'll start with playoffs. Okay, it's also depending on the, on the organizer. Okay, well, let's not get into too much drama. <laughs> well, I don't want to stoke too many fires, but... We'll say what's what's the how does how does your day go at a playoff stage? Okay, so playoffs are are quite a bit easier than the than the group stage because mm -hmm. the days are are less long and we can divide it better between ourselves. Um, so usually one of us has can sleep in and the other ones start work early ish. Define early. So usually we have to get up at like seven or eight and then you know normal morning stuff. <laughs> Breakfast, Breakfast, shower, shower, whatever. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Try not to. Smell you don't have to go into details. Yeah, <laughs> this isn't what the people want to know about. No. Everybody expects exactly. the morning routine. So, so basically, throughout the tournament, we've already seen all the teams. So there's not much prep. We just talk to each other about who have been the the highlight players and and what the strats have been. Uh, some pocket strats we want to highlight again, like for example, um, Deepex Echo play has been a major talking point in the last major, so we want to keep highlighting that during our matches because the casters like to talk about it, the viewers like to see it. So those are things we discuss before going into a day like that. And then during the day, we just walk in and boot up everything, make sure the lobby's ready, make sure everyone 
all the sound is working between the admins and the casters and everything. Um, and then we just go into it. Usually it takes us around to the warm up um, and then observe all day, every day. Until? Until it's done. <laughs> Until 10 hours later. 10 hours later. <laughs> and there's, yeah. there's two of you at LAN, right? Uh, three. We. Three. Um, I mean, sorry, like when the game's going on. Oh, when the game's going on. Um, yeah, most of the times it's two of us. So it would be uh, medics, myself, um, and then Red Like we bring in for, for the last few majors. Mamma Mia, for those Mamma at Yeah, the Italian Stallion. Um, and we, we rotate. Um, but there have been majors where we have the opportunity to have three observers. So an extra monitor, an extra mini-map, so to say, to give call-outs. Um, we find that the more we work together, we, the more we get used to talking to each other during a game because it can be distracting if it's the first time. Um, so yeah, it's it's two or three people for for a game. Medics, how does that change with the group stage? Uh, I would say the group stage is more of a like uh, I wouldn't say more of a mess, but it's more exhausting because uh, it's just like like in a production factor. There's a game after game after game after game. They're like best of one games. Uh, you know, in best of three games, it kind of feels you. Uh, it feels like you have more time to figure out the teams and you know uh, recognize some kind of place they're trying to do and uh, predict action. But with best of one games, like as the teams themselves say, everything can happen in best of one games. Uh, and uh, you know, we have less time to warm up, as Stefan mentioned, because we usually take initial couple of rounds to recognize uh, what are the let's say key players who are going to open up a team fight or an action or something. Or someone we want to mo focus more during the observing, uh, but yeah, usually what, what do they have? Like seven or eight maps per group stage About day. Eight in a group stage if, day. Yeah, yeah, so, which can take with with the rotation between the like when teams set up, they need to have like a short warm up time. They play the game. They need to take away all their equipment. Uh, the COVID rule set. Uh, the admins need to clean the whole area. Then you bring another team. They have to warm up. So it can literally. We had like fifteen hour days, like three or four days in a row, depending on the group stage. So yeah, it just takes uh, a lot of this is why stamina I, and yeah, concentration. Yeah, I didn't want to force you to have to go through those memories for context. And um, as a caster, on the perspective of that, for the two streams, we will have usually four duos, and we will take about four games each yeah. day. You will have eight. Yes. Yes. For with with the three of us, we just kind of like also mess up. Uh, mess with the rotation sometimes because quite often because of the dual streams that we have like Rainbow Six and Rainbow Six Bravo happening at the same time yeah. uh, we have to you know just kind of like separate the manpower we have available so it's most of the games will be solo observed by uh, by one of us while the other one is observing the second match and maybe the third one will take like a one map of pause sometimes we'll have a jump in, uh, jump into a colleague to do the duo observing on the mainstream and uh, yeah, we kind of like just rotate, experiment, and uh, try to fill the fill like any gap. What analysts do you? Um, sit at home, watch the games. Oh, okay. Yeah, we don't get any work for groups, do we? <laughs> I get to co-stream. I co-streamed the last one, so that was fine. Yeah, so the opposite. Yeah. You get to do it by choice. Yeah, true. So long days. Long days. Very. Long days. There's no sort of two ways about that. I guess on the back of that. Has there been, or what have been the changes towards the game that you two think you've probably recognized more than anyone else? Obviously, from our perspective, we'll see the front-facing stuff, we'll see new overlays as an exciting caster change, 
or whatever, what big changes have you seen towards the build that might have, I guess, made things a little bit nicer for you? Um, well, the new HUD is nice because it highlights gadgets. Well, new, it, it's been there, been there for a while now. Been there for a while. Um, but what we look out for is um, on the HUD on the sides, there is the white highlight when a player selects their gadget. And there is a white underline for which weapon they choose. So, for example, when they want to throw a grenade, the white highlight switches from the main weapon to the grenade. So we know Sledge, for example, is cooking grenade. I didn't so, know that. So we know. Yeah, I found that out like two days ago. Yeah. So we know when to switch to Sledge because we know, oh, he's cooking grenade. We go to Sledge. We see where he's aiming it at. If there's someone above where he's aiming it at, we can go in top down, go above one floor and see the person explode, which is very fun. This is like so. learning how magic tricks are Because I, I said to him, I said, how, <laughs> how do you and medics always catch every grenade kill and every C4 kill? and get it in top-down with yeah. such consistency. It's like, yeah, it tells you in the hood. And I'm like, oh my God. That's know. also why we can't tunnel vision. For example, last play day, um, I was focusing on, on D-pack swinging on bank outside of stock into skylight. Um, but I should have noticed the highlight because Kryon was throwing a C4 from below, got a double kill. With a double kill, yeah. And I only had D-pack looking at an explosion when two people fly past. Still so pretty that, cool. Still pretty cool. But I mean, <laughs> so. that's why the, the cool. highlights on the HUD are very welcome for us. In-game director or observer? Observer, yeah. Menix? Observer, yeah. Right. We feel there's a That's difference easy. between these two roles. I kind of wanted a bit of drama there. Okay, no, <laughs> like, um, one of our lovely producers from, from previous events uh, once made a tweet about it being in-game director, and we kind of said, well, thanks, but not really, because we only have the one game feed. We don't direct mm -hmm. anything. We have one screen, um, 10 POVs hidden behind that, but we don't know what that's showing until we click it. So there's not not us like saying camera two, camera four. There's just us looking at the screen and hoping we select the right person. It's, it's a little bit more than hoping. We 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 know and we see the gun like the bullet counter go down and we see grenade indicate like just mentioned. Um, but it's yeah, not like not gambling uh, with this. other titles <laughs> where they have multiple screens, multiple POVs that they can choose from. I just have the one, so it's it's an observer. I spectate and I don't direct. You're you're in the mix though. You're like a second AD. The person who directs the extras. You got a lot of yeah. people you can jump towards, like a ghost. Yeah, and, and the one camera from above. So we have 11 cameras, so to say. 11 cameras? Yeah. You're like a... I, I have been asking for, for majors to have, because of course we have the replay features yep. during the majors. So we have uh, 10 different PCs. So this is how we do it. We have 10 extra PCs that all follow one player. We have a macro. We just click the macro and it all follows player one. Go first person, play two, go first person, all 10 PCs. That's how we do the highlights. We also, of course, have those inputs. So we can make a grid out of that and we can look at all people at the same time. But um, we haven't had a chance to work with that. And also it's going to be, of course, we have to learn how to use it and how to look at all 10 screens at the same time. Because now we just look at the one. And like I said, we use the indicators to decide. But it would be cool uh, in the future to have all, P all POVs to our uh, availability. I actually, uh, in Berlin, because they were all just on one table lined up, all 10 mm. of them, I actually watched a whole game just from the 10 yeah. POVs strolling up and down the table. Yeah, and that's how we do the, it's quite interesting the replays as well, because yeah. there's just a guy with a headset and he says, uh, player four killed player seven, yeah. and then we know which, which, which thing to clip. Luckily, the players are numbered. Yeah. As well. Be confusing. If yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, they do have a certain order to enter the lobby and how they're seated. How do they? So, yeah. Has anyone ever messed it's that planned. up? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but that's not our problem. Then admins need to do the the cleanup. Who's the who? Who are the players you're always excited to see enter one of your lobbies? 
Are there any? Are there any names that you're like, oh yeah? Yeah, Aniton. Aniton. Yeah, he's so funny. <laughs> it's also not something like what what he types in chat is not is not fit for broadcast. Well, that, I think that's <laughs> we obviously get to see and hear <laughs> the players either side of games. Yeah, we'll sometimes when we're casting, we'll have the lobby screen in front of us as a clean feed, and we'll see chat going. Yeah, <laughs> Aniton yeah. is a very funny man. It is, it is. in a specific. Yeah. He's, he turns a full chat for the game. It's every time that he goes to an international event and when he screams like American yeah. or European teams, yes. they teach him words in their local language. He's romantically <laughs> invested in a lot of different players around yes. the world. <laughs> and he's happy to express that love and passion. I think he's very happy that Lexing came to, came to his region. Very happy that Lexing came to his region. Are there any players that they get in the lobby and you're like, we got to observe this guy. Not in like a, but in, in like a bad way, but in like a, they're a tricky player to observe because you never really know. Cyclops. <laughs> Cyclops. Yeah, we actually discussed that uh, with both you casters and the analysts, which is the hardest team to observe. And yeah, it's Cyclops. They always do something crazy. And uh, sometimes one player will pop off. Sometimes it's a different guy popping off. And it's just kind of hard to follow. Like they're really uh, explosive. I don't know which word to use. It's a good Unpredictable, word. yeah. How do you I mean, even the teams that are playing against them. How do you prepare for a team? Well, I would say for UL and APEC North teams, we basically don't do any prep as we're following them through the season. And, you know, we kind of like recognize the play style. For me, honestly, uh, Latin teams uh, are kind of hardest to follow. So I always need a couple of rounds to figure out, like, how do they play? Because we're, in, we're not working on the regular seasons of the leagues and because of the time zones it's just messy to follow every region properly uh so yeah i mean stefan mentioned it before that the warm-up rounds like it sounds funny or as a joke it's not a joke <laughs> we literally warm up where we figure out oh okay this player is the entry this guy is the fragger this guy is support and uh yeah obviously we want to focus more on the players who will be first to do something first to enter the building first to initiate, initiate the gunfight or maybe first to use a gadget in a specific way that's going to impact the round like twitch drone just rolling around and shooting down other gadgets a friend uh he's called jack allen he told me in confidence he said he really wants to get into observing he really wants to give it a go i would love to i would love to go yeah. what bit of advice would you give him as like just one little thing of like this will help zhuzh your game up? Don't. <laughs> <laughs> Don't do it. Why? You'll get trapped in a production room. It's and I'll never get out. You'll never get out. Okay. Well, I mean, you can. Mandy did. Mandy did, yeah. Mandy, uh, wonderful talent. Yeah, and, and coming back to as well, like difficult regions. Mandy has been a great help understanding Latam teams because her favorite region is Latam, mm -hmm. although she's coming from the APEC South region, of course. Um, so working on events with multiple talent from different regions helps us because we can talk about those teams and those fragging players and those side players and whatever, the highlights of the, of the game, basically. So that helps me personally, just talking to people like, hey, which player should I look out for? What's their play style? Do they play really aggressive? Do they jump out? Do they play turtle strats? Um, so that's, for me, very useful. Um, and also, like you said, she got out of the production room. Did it is possible, but you would uh, forgive me for putting words in your mouth here. You would hate to be in front of the camera all the time. Yes, I would. It's not. It's not. You want to be in the production room. Yes. So I think you're saying don't. 
because you don't want him to replace you. Yeah, because then you'd have everyone, to be in front of everyone the camera. knows. Then, then I have to be an analyst. You would have to be an analyst. I have to. It's just it's the way the world works. Right, it's the way the industry works. Yeah. Menix, what advice do you have for my friend Jack Allen? Uh, get good sleep before broadcast. Drink a lot of water and bring some chocolate. That's just broadcast. general health advice. <laughs> I'll drink to that. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, well, you can, yeah, yeah. You can oh, no, I mean, honestly, it's anything. helping me a lot. <laughs> what do you, what do you, how, how, how will I do this race? Get good sleep, drink water, bring sugar. Thanks, man. It's, it's really easy it's like to the live, laugh, after, love after of advice. <laughs> yeah. Well, he is, he is yeah. kind of right for um, events because, like I said, long days, so you, you need to be well rested. But, but also, come on, man. Give him something. Oh, wait, I didn't either. So no, you didn't. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, uh, so, okay. so, I'm wondering. On, on a more serious. Yeah. So, so what you want to do is um, start off by watching the games from an observer point of view. Like in in every situation, what would you show? And not like what you what would you have shown because we don't get that right. If we make a mistake, it's already happened. Yeah. Um, if people point out like, oh, oh, you should have gone to that person. We know. We know. But. We can't anymore because it's already happened. So pause the game and be like, okay, what would be interesting now? And then see if we did the same thing or see if you got it right when you try to observe in like a replay or whatever or an mm -hmm. official match. Um, watch the indicators to see who's shooting, uh, who's holding uh, gadgetry, if Flores is droning or whatever, stuff like that. That's a very important one. Um, try to keep it uniform, you know, uh, have the camera in the north facing position most of the time. So all the casual viewers will know where we are in the map. And mm -hmm. which doorway faces which way. Yep. Um, also, try to use a controller for the slow movement panning. Makes it easier than the stuttery WASD keys. That's a lot of advice. Um, you see me in the match replays. You're going to be like, no, jumpy all it's over. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> I need to give him that one. Um, so, I think those are like, that's a really good foundation starting off. And then it's just getting a feel for it, doing it a lot. And uh, hope you're right more often than yeah. you're not. Try to recommend, try to make like a storyline in your head. Like, what do you want to show? Do you want to show a player entering the room, or you want to show a different side of the map where his teammates are just trying to open up a wall or like just cut off a certain rotation, and stick to it, like uh, with no uh, sudden jumping between different points of the map. So it's kind of like an action easy to follow. Uh, and uh, yeah, li listen to the casters. Uh, I think one of the best things. Uh, we can do as observers is to be in communication with the casters all the time. We obviously have to listen to them, like live, listen to them. And uh, it's useful if we can like communicate between each other. Maybe if we want to suggest some ideas, have requests, maybe we have requests for casters or casters might have a request for us and uh, just work on that as well. But yeah, like the main point is the storyline. We are telling a story to the audience in the end. But not as directors. Not as directors. That was covered earlier. You do already communicate, for those who don't know, the fun segments that you see in EUL and Impact North broadcasts are behind the minds of you working alongside the observers in terms of they'll come in on the day and the analysts will say, hey, observers, whoosh, we need this clip put together. Mm -hmm. and so it's already, it, it's a dialogue. It's something where yeah. we all work. And actually had a really specific clip that Easy had to do. It was like a full step-by-step -step instruction yeah. guide. Really? On yeah, this so, one clip she wanted yeah, to tell. It was so a blockbuster one movie. One minute, I need you to show this person from this angle. And then from one minute to 50 seconds, wow. I need to show this person from this angle. Yeah. Maybe uh, Anne's the director. She was just standing there behind me like, 
Wait, Spielberg? Yeah. yeah. She's the director. Also, she used to be a teacher, so I thought, ah. yeah, like, yeah, I had to do good. I wanted to, to, to earn those stars. <laughs> we do have a gold chart <laughs> yeah. in the background with their names on it. We give them a gold star each time they uh, perform well. You mentioned very briefly, I'm just going to segue for a second, um, into utilizing a controller yeah. to observe. I've heard of some observers using quite weird peripherals to observe. Yeah. You both just use controllers. What's the weirdest that you've heard or have seen? Um, so the way we use the controller is different um, because I like to use it as a, as a mouse, basically. I use my right hand on the left joystick to basically just use as a... To, to hover and I use my left hand on the keyboard to select players so even when I'm hovering I can switch to a different side of the map to, to highlight Computer keyboard not musical yes <laughs> yeah yeah or clavier ah. Ah. <laughs> so uh, sorry for that um, <laughs> so I use it as like as, as like a mouse I know that Maddox for example picks up his controller and puts it back down when he goes to first person or to a more direct observing because of course the, the top down is mainly for the start of the round and for highlighting where the execute is coming from. In between, you want to be first person most of the time. So when following the narrative, like, like Ant already said, is you go, for example, from a Thatcher to a Termite to a Bandit, and you go all first person, and then maybe top down to show the breach opening or not opening, depending on how the Bandit trick works. Um, so for me, that's easier because I can just move my hand slight, slightly and still switch between all those POVs and, and, and people playing. Um, Anta uses the controller, so he can he switches between players with the controller as well. I cannot do that because when I started observing, I used mouse and keyboard, and not a controller. So I had to learn to adapt to use the slower movement of the controller. And the weirdest one I've seen was uh, an observer that was also working in the Benelux a while ago, quite some time ago, who uses the controller in one hand and then pinky fingers on the keyboard to like <laughs> do dash hands on the keyboard to press different POVs. <laughs> And that's uh, looked pretty. I fun. just had to try and do that. Though. Yes. Yeah. That's yeah. Uh, I saw the. Do you know the the little joystick for flight simulators? Yeah. Really. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that and would make it, it smooth, worked though, quite well. Very smooth. It is. It yeah. was extremely smooth to move the camera. Although I just I just don't like like it's it's bigger than a keyboard. Like mm. I know some observers who use a lot of place on the. Yeah. Well. But it, it depends I heard on the game, well, I guess. It depends on... Guess. Yeah. There's a lot of perspectives in Siege, a lot of... I know of one observer who basically modified a controller to have a key keypad in the middle. Yeah, I know I that think one I've seen well. that one. Yeah. I think mean, it might be R I think it's R general. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think Yeah, used to observe Nordic's region. Mm. Yeah. In the UK once upon a time. Is there any observer drama? Yeah, loads. This is the time. Yeah, yeah. For example, there's this horrible. one UL and APEC observer. He's called Medix. Uh-huh. Yeah. Oh my god. Weirdo. He's right behind you. Oh. In, in the, oh no. In the little window. No. <laughs> so so with, in, on a professional basis. You don't have to. Everything's I just, amazing. Very <laughs> amazing. Yeah, I think I think we're in a really good spot. I can fight a fight for you right now if you want. So you want? Am I allowed to fight a fight for you right now? It, sure. Yeah, I'm gonna take it away. I'm gonna use the power of the podcast. Yeah. And my position's out here. I think you guys should Get free stuff at majors. I agree. I this is you don't have to say anything at we this point. We support that idea. Yeah, because the pair of you are talent in our eyes. We've mm -hmm. always been very staunch on this, and you do work very very long days, and yep. occasionally you don't get the free hat. You should have the free hat. I wear hats. You wear hats. Yeah. I don't wear too many hats. I'll wear a hat. 
just was able to wear a hat. Depending on the time, Maddox cannot wear a hat, um, but he should I still could. get the hat. Yeah. To be fair, <laughs> last few times, yeah, we got the stuff. You should be, in my eyes, your talent. Thank you. Not just an observer. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I had to throw in. You can make yeah. it sound so bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I can't give you all the credit. So What's your upsetting. opinion on unlimited overtime? Both uh, of you paused there. Okay, so I, I, my I earpiece fell like out, so I don't know side. if he's talking. No, he's, <laughs> okay. he's there as well. You can see him. Oh, I can see him, yeah. yeah. He's, he's there as well. Yeah, okay, I can take O'Reilly fix your earpiece. Uh, it, it, it's like conflicted. Uh, obviously, for like the competitive integrity and for the like tension and audience and storyline, yes, infinite overtimes are good. But I don't think Siege is such a fast-paced game comparing to some other games where uh, infinite overtimes work better just because of the length of the round and the dynamics or how does that, what do we have, like five minutes per round, basically, you know, with the pick phase, prep phase, drone phase, possible plant. Uh, and uh, it's really exhausting for the teams as well. And uh, I, I would assume that a lot of production teams are having a nightmares with the schedule uh, with, with infinite overtime. So there's like two sides of the coin. It adds a lot to your day. It does. I mean, it adds more to our days, adds more to the team's days, adds more to everybody else's days. However. However, it can be pretty cool. It can be cool. But also, eh. <laughs> no, just move on to the next map. <laughs> if you lose it, you lose it. If you win it, you win it. We've actually found, for for all the opinions on limited service time here, we found the neutral opinion, <laughs> which is, eh. <laughs> eh. Yeah. I mean, people hype it up all the time. And there was this, I think it was M Empire G2 game one. Yeah, yep. the coastline. Yeah. Coastline, coastline, right? Yeah. And I mean, it was cool because it was the longest game ever. But also, it was the longest game ever. Mm. Like, it, long as, isn't I, always. And it was on coastline. No. And, and and if it's if it's if it's like nail biting rounds every time, and if it's good siege, sure, keep playing forever. But if it's just trying not to lose a game, yeah, just get it over with. What about the solution of just the last map in a best of three? Because like, this is more me coming out from like an analytical one. perspective, right? Is that like when you pick a map in a best of three? Mm -hmm. The opponent picks the starting side, but because of that, then you pick the overtime starting side as an advantage, right? So you could defend in overtime on, say, theme park. Yeah. But if it's a decider map, nobody essentially has the advantage in the starting side, so it then should just roll through in unlimited. Yeah, you know, like yeah that definitely works better. It could be that, or it could be, instead of a best of three overtime, which is this now, it could be a, like a best of five. I think that would solve most issues, Yeah, uh, because you have more rounds to play out, but not okay. unlimited. For example, if it's a best of five finals and it was seven one seven one one seven one seven, why why keep playing on the last map? Like if it's if it's been one sided, just mm -hmm. you know, I think you're right that, that because of the side advantage, there needs to be some change. But mm -hmm. I think a best of five uh, over, in, in overtime would solve most of that. Yeah. Who's the most frustrating talent? This is now just me. You can turn the cameras off. The most frustrating talent. Yeah. For me personally, it's Hap. To uh, listen to all the time. No, because you have to listen to us the whole game. Yeah. You've got us in your ear. But that's the thing. But also because he's, he's Dutch. <laughs> he is. Yeah. If, the, if you didn't I'm, know. I'm Dutch. Yeah. Also clearly. Dutch. Yeah. Um, and he, throughout the years, he's become like my little brother, mm. kind of, you know, a figure like that. So I want, I want him to do well, but also I like to, I like to hate him. You know, I like to... <laughs> I, like I didn't expect an answer to this question. But yeah, I think I'm getting... no, I think. Oh, ooh, my pack just fell. See, we, we talk about happen stuff. Stuff just breaks. breaks. <laughs> yeah. So. Thanks, Hap. <laughs> Thanks, Hap. Medics clearly um, not sponsored by Hap. Yours is Des. 
<laughs> I do have a running joke with this and, and Ace that every time I'm observing with them, we quite a lot of times, uh, not every match, we always go into like complete overtimes. Mm -hmm. And it became a bit frustrating. It's like we are cursed or something. And even the production guys are like, ah, oh, Medics is observing, we're cursed, we're playing overtimes, we're staying here until the <laughs> morning. We're going all the way down. <laughs> I like <laughs> I like the idea of just all the production ceremonies going, oh man, he's observing, we're cursed. And he's uh, like, why are you booming? Yeah, me? I gotta cancel my plans now. I won't sleep. We're going to overtime. And <laughs> sleep. We'll get in the hot tub. I remember that was your favorite thing about an SI. Was it an SI? Yeah, when he said about SI in Montreal and he was talking about the arena, I was like, the first time I ever met medics was in the hot tub. In, in a hot tub. In the hot tub. Yeah. <laughs> that was your favorite oh. thing. I'll tell you the first time I met Maddox. Yeah. Because I was still an analyst slash coach for Trust Gaming <laughs> in Valencia. And uh, Maddox was uh, was observing the playoffs. Mm -hmm. But during the group stage, we were all in the BYOC corner, stuffed away with all the Spanish teams and one Italian team. Um, to get out of the BYOC, you had to come top two in your group. There were two groups. And then you got to the main event where Maddox was observing. I didn't know Maddox. I didn't know about observing back then because I was still focused on being a player slash coach for a team. Um, we were doing quite well. And then all of a sudden this guy comes up to me or to one of my team, to Leonski uh, yeah, from uh, Jalings. Yeah. And he starts asking about our map bands and about our, uh, about our operator bands for every map. And Leon just gives them out like it's nothing. And I'm like, what are you doing? We're trying to win this thing. Why are you giving them all of our information? Turns out Madison was, was helping out Liquipedia, collecting data on all the teams. <laughs> And and I just I just yelled at, at both Leon and Maddox like why <laughs> why was, why would we give out that information? He was and Leon so was like, pissed. we don't care, we we're winning anyways. And Maddox was like, okay, I'll just I'll just take all all the information I already got and just walks off. It was our first ever interaction. Well, was the second interaction like then? Did you remember that one at the time, or is this something that's just come back as a recollection? I didn't. <laughs> Maddox, <laughs> Maddox, <Medics>. yes. <laughs> He's like, remember yeah. the Dutch guy that <laughs> screamed at me? <laughs> yeah, I got the map bands and all bands from other teams anyway, so... <laughs> <laughs> he didn't need them. He didn't need them. He just wanted to <laughs> mess him up. That was a fun tournament. Yeah, there was also the fire alarm incident and everything. Yeah. Man, it was really cool. It was my actual first international LAN. Really? Yeah. Wow. How did my you get... Like, what what led to you event. getting the call-up? Because you sort of... You were the first, I think, name of the current major observers that sort of made a name for yourself? Uh, so I, I, 2019 was uh, like my first shot, I would say. The Ubisoft community manager messaged me on Twitter like sometimes during spring 2019, like, hey, we would like to have you for E3 to like observe a show match. Was this the T-Pain one? Yes. You got to observe T-Pain playing Yeah, scenes. and Liliadi. Wow. I, I have to that. say, T-Pain... T-Pain was a really cool guy and a really entertainer. It was a really fun match. And there were, there were also streamers as well. That's, yeah, I took a picture yeah, of no Shroud. That's Bikini like one Birdie. of my biggest achievements. Who? Who? Whomst? Anyway, you were saying, you were saying, that was the call-up was, your first call-up was E3. Yeah. <laughs> that's quite a big first. That's where I met Parker as well. Oh, well, I, I would uh, say that Ubisoft had... Can I say like like a list like mm -hmm. of some upcoming people they could bring to you know new new tournaments new broadcasts and I guess I was on the list and that show match uh, was like a, I guess a good opportunity for me like hey are you interested come in if you do job well then you might get work at future events 
And everything went well. Everyone's happy. And during the same week, then I got an email from uh, DreamHack stuff like, hey, we want to have you in Spain for Valencia. Are you interested? I'm like, yeah, let's go. <laughs> and uh, that's where it all kind of like exploded and everything went up for me because uh, after that, it was uh, Valencia. Uh, no, yeah, it was Valencia. Then we had OGA split and mm -hmm. then we had SI in Montreal. Was this the one that you cast yeah, or? You, no, that, that's the LAN, LAN event of OGA. The LAN event. So season three. Yeah, so this is 2019. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You were, were a caster you with once? Demo back then. Yep, I cast with One, Yeah, but the, the, those were dark times. <laughs> fun times. You cast with Stan. It was, it was, yeah, uh, I know, I know, but it was like a mostly community cast and solo cast of various uh, Go4 Cups. Uh, there was a lot of community leagues, you know, yeah. just like. Discord servers. Well, you and, and I were uh, both on qualified. the community caster list for ESL when it was about 30 people. Yeah. Were you on the list as well? Yeah. Never cast a single game. Never cast a single well, game. I, th I think. Accept it. I think Still half of the stuff game. here. Half of the stuff here, yeah. I remember Dez kicked up a fuss when he first got into siege casting because he was like, I shouldn't have to go and ask for these games and request games on the ESL brackets for like SI calls or whatever. So um, it was like in the trenches, so we were fighting Ubisoft for the games. To do it for. <laughs> <laughs> See, this is the drama. I guess this Phil it now because he's at home. He's yeah. doing other things, really. All right, we'll we'll start to find a spiral towards the end of this interview. It's been lovely having you both. I guess the main question now, or the final question I'll pose, is there a round or a bit of a game that you remember that you observed where you're like, this is pretty sure hot. It's a tough question. You've observed a lot of rounds. Yeah, and, and I'm thinking about loads of them right now, but what, which one is the best? And I think... It doesn't have to be the best. No, because the one round that, that, that I like a lot is also one where I made a huge mistake. Oh, no. Yeah, it was the final round of the final game of the Berlin Major. Um, and it was Broke Face, of course. Yeah. Uh, and it was on Clubhouse, and it was... Um, Kanto got a got a massive double kill upstairs. Apparently, spray someone through a wall. We never saw that because I was focusing on if I was going on the middle floor and, and bar side. Um, and I, I still hate myself for not. I like how I was like, "Do you have a, a good moment?" Yeah. So now, now and then you were like, now here "I hate comes. myself." Now, now here it comes. So the moment they start executing on the bar side, there's the echo drone of Deepak in the air above the bar, and you can see them all like shooting at each other and having all the angles from the echo drone. And in the last moment, you see the Valkyrie missing a whole magazine on the last player and then shooting with the Deagle like, around their face, <laughs> all from the Echo Drone. And I think that in combination with the cast from, from uh, the Sachu and, and Ace is just an amazing moment that I'll remember probably forever. Same team, Medics? Uh, yeah, I was thinking about it. Maybe one really older clip. I, I do reckon maybe Fresh might remember it because he kind of like shout, gave me a shout out on Twitter. It was during the APEC League uh, regular season of yeah, 2020. During the, like those, I think it was like stage one. We had all the COVID times and all, and we had an online broadcast. And I know Dev Marda was casting with someone. I'm not sure with whom that game. It was Fnatic against someone. And I think it was Zalasti who throwed a C, clutched like a 1v3 where he throwed a C4 from CCTV on Clubhouse through the rotation towards the cache. And I just followed, like, perfect follow of that C4 where he lands a double kill and, and you know, the ragdolls in Siege, the bodies just go flying and it was a really cinematic shot. And then with, like, a half, second and a half delay, then Dev is just screaming, ah! 
He does do that. <laughs> it was a really cool shot. Yeah. And I think it was a really cool shot and uh, with a combination of, of overhyped casting, it, it it ended up being a really good clip. And uh, yeah, that, that one kind of stayed with me. Do you have any moments of these two? Not of you. Um. Well, I remembered both of those moments <laughs> that they both said. Um. I don't know. Like, I, I think I say it just every time that there's a C4 kill or a grenade kill, gen- generally. Obviously, there's loads of them in Siege at the minute, but... Um, I, you know, I, I have a, I have a different relationship with observers to most of the, I would say, viewers. Not like Anderson's relationship. In- no, 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 no. But like, well, well, <laughs> yet, yet. Because obviously, I, as a, as an analyst, I look for a lot of top-down play, whereas mm-hmm. the observers obviously try to stay out of top-down, especially when the executes going on. Um, so like, I know there was one game yesterday where Easy observed the last thirty seconds of a round in top-down, which is. He doesn't do it a lot, and he texts me straight afterwards. He's like, "You can illustrate that one." <laughs> yeah, I saw. I saw the execute happening. I saw the operator picks. I, I knew they were gonna attack the, uh, the the top bomb side on border the way they always do, like hop in from a window, hold the balcony side, plant on the concrete stuff. And I just knew, like normally, I would try to pick a person who goes in first and see, like hopefully catch some gunfights. But I know that. Jack loves to loves to illustrate that same action. <laughs> he does. I think he's done it four times. I now. have done it four so, times. So I had to really force myself to stay in top down. <laughs> CDMR would jump in the frost mat, see the execute happen with the EMPs and whatever. Turned out great, but I I mean I was just like, this is for Jack. It's not natural to you, is it? To watch an execute in top down. Have fun. If anything, that sort of I think culminates most of what we're saying here is although a lot of the glory is sort of taken from the viewer's perspective towards the analysts, towards the hosts, towards the casters. It truly is a symbiotic relationship between observers and the people in front of and behind the cameras. Because there's always, and we have the pleasure of working with a pair of you every single week. We can work out. We've developed these relationships. You guys we, are so lucky. Yeah, well, you don't have to say it like that. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it, it is because we get to get to the stage now where the craft that we put forward is purely driven by how well we work together and synergize together. And I think it says a lot that there's stuff that now doesn't need to be spoken or doesn't have to be spoken just based on you telling the story, us picking up on the story. And I think it ties into as well when you both gave highlights a moment there. You, you also referenced what the other people in this sort of moment were doing as well. I think it's a very important part is how well you two know the game, but also know us idiots (laughs) and keep the balance fluent. Yeah. And it's really nice for us as well. You know, one of my best moments while working is when, when, um, Des and Ace are talking about something, and I highlight that part of the map, mm. and I hear Ace saying, "Thank you very much, Easy." Just it just fills nice. you with joy. Nice. But to be honest, Tim saying anything like that, yeah. Like if Des says it, you'd be like, Ugh. "Yeah, exactly." <laughs> Des, <laughs> yeah. Tim is like, "Oh, yeah, nice." Little Tim, you have big medics actually at the minute. Yeah, makes you mm-hmm. look like you have a halo. Yeah, that's the same. Do you feel? Do you feel heavenly? Absolutely not. <laughs> I think that's about time to wrap it up. Unless you have anything else you want to pressing ask them. I just, I, I admire for, especially, you know, when you were talking about group stages, how long you work. Oh yeah. Whenever, and I guess, you know, this is probably more a blurb on my part, but like 
the observing side of it, when you watch a game as a casual viewer, you're just shown what it is. When you're a caster, you're kind of just, you, you're talking about the overall of the round and then you're showing up bits of action, right? And then you, you're talking about what's on the screen. Whereas for observing, you've got to be thinking about 10, well, or more variables, right? And then to do that for potentially eight games in a row at groups and keep that concentration, like, there's not many people that could do that. So I have, like, I think I've said this to you both privately anyway, but, like, the amount of admiration I have for observers and the fact that you're able to keep, like, such consistent quality is, like, for me, is what makes... Because observing a siege is hard as well, right? Oh, yeah. You know, you're working with somewhat of a limited tool set. So, you know, I I don't know. I respect it a lot. Thank you. Thank you. I looked Appreciate it because I couldn't look at me. It's after the <laughs> You feel I like... I delivered that too easy. But you're looking up at me. Thank you very much. <laughs> very kind. Now you both get to take a bow. Wonderful. <laughs> and on those wonderful bows, thank you. Thank you all for joining me. Thank you for this breakdown, the interview. It will be up at some point. You will not really see these two faces too much, but you should follow them. Do you want me to shout out your socials? Or you join? Yeah, do my Instagram. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> you can do your Instagram. It's, it's Stefan. That's what Stefan is. S-T-E-P-H-A-N. Five five four four seven seven four five nine four five six five four four seven. He's not you can do it in post production like across the whole screen, He's right? Not, it's like you know when you have like the number that goes on the bottom. It's also going to come back in and go along the top because it's that sort of long. It's spiraling, spiraling like my life. It's easier to follow him under his. Yeah, easy R six S. Easy R six S and medics. Uh, it's medics with double Z at the end and, and a one. number one instead of I. <laughs> Why do you yeah. have the number one? Is it because you are... It looks cool. I, I always thought, like, as a kid, like, oh, all these gamers, they have numbers in their names. I should put what number in my name as well. Nice. And shout, out, young, shout out to Medix's dog as well. Yeah. Shout out to Abby. Let's go, Abby. And a shout out to Eclair, your hamster. Yeah. Eclair, legend. And a shout out to Jack. <laughs> Thank you. You know him. You've seen him on Let's camera. Let's go, Jack. You've seen me on camera. Thank you, everyone, for joining us. We'll see you on the next time. Goodbye. Goodbye. Wave. Wave. Do another bow. Thank you. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.